Thanks for tuning in to the IGM podcast. We're so glad you've decided to explore God's word with us. We look forward to connecting with you in email at infointegritygm.com or online at our website, www.integritygm.com. We hope this podcast encourages you to grow in the knowledge of God through His Word. Be blessed. Blessings today to everyone in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. Today we're going to continue in Romans chapter 11. And God willing, we're going to look at verses 11 through 24. We have come out of this understanding of Israel is not cast away by God forever. In fact, that's the whole chapter, is that Israel did reject its own Messiah. And we're talking about the nation under the shepherdhood of the leaders of Israel. Yet God still has a plan and a promise of redemption for them. So we're going to continue studying this. And it's such a beautiful chapter about God's faithfulness to the nation of Israel and how God's going to restore the kingdom back to Israel. That is something that we see in the prophets that is so strong that when we look at in the last days of God restoring the kingdom back to Israel, fulfilling the promises to Israel through the Messiah that will come back to them. And so when we look at this chapter, it should bring some excitement into the hearts of everyone as we see the nation of Israel existing again, as we see a people that were scattered among the nations coming back together in the land in which God promised to them. But remember Ezekiel 36 and 37. He's bringing them back to redeem them from the inside out. And I encourage you to read those two chapters. And do not spiritualize those chapters and say, well, that's not really talking about the nation of Israel. It is. That's the original intent of Scripture that is so important that we look at original intent and do not look back into these chapters through systematic theology, but let the Word of God speak for itself. And we're going to allow that to happen here in this chapter as well. Verse 11. I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? Contextually, they is the Israel according to the flesh. The Jewish people according to the flesh. They did not stumble so as to fall, did they? Yes, they stumbled, but what does it mean to fall? As we go through this chapter, that means they didn't fall to the point that God is finished with them. God still has a plan and a promise for them. The answer to the question, Paul answers himself, may it never be. But by their transgression, what is that transgression? The rejection of their own Messiah. Salvation has come to the Gentiles, to the nations, to make them jealous. Who is them? The Jewish people. The Jews are going to see what God is doing among the nations and how God's salvation has come to the nations and people that are being redeemed by the Jewish Messiah, there is a day in the future that that's going to make them jealous. And it's very interesting. Almost every Jewish person that I have seen that has put their faith and trust in Yeshua, it is normally because someone from a Gentile background, because of their relationship with God, and their fervency with God has provoked them to jealousy. And Paul had insight unto what God was doing here. Just to give an example of a really dear friend of ours was 
in the nation of New Zealand after his army service in Israel, a young Jewish man, and he was invited to a Gentile service at a church. And he said when they were worshiping, it just made him so jealous that they knew the God of Israel and he himself did not know that God. And it really was exactly what this is talking about. And think about the new covenant. The new covenant is about a redemption of our hearts. It's about a circumcision of the heart. It's about a change from the inside. And this is what God is promising the Jewish people in Ezekiel 36. And chapter 37 is a picture of that, of how he's going to bring them back from the nations where they have been blaspheming my name. And he's going to give them a new heart. He's going to put his spirit within them. He's going to change them from the inside out. So when a Jewish person today that does not know their own Messiah, Yeshua, the Savior, He comes into the presence of a Gentile that does know the God of Abraham, not through the rabbinical system or not through a religious structure or system, but from the heart through the power of God's Spirit that provokes them to jealousy. And this young man is saying, they have something that I do not have. And I've seen that over and over when Jews come into this new covenant many times They are provoked to jealousy by Gentile background believers. Paul had insight into this. And he says here in this verse, he says, But by their transgression, talking about the Jewish people, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. So jealousy is going to build up within the Jewish people when they look at a people that were not God's people, but now they have a relationship from the heart with God, the God of Abraham. Let's continue as we look at these verses. Now, if the transgression is riches for the world, that means their rejection of their Messiah. And again, we're talking about the nation. There was a remnant that he just talked about that did receive their own Messiah, that did lay down their lives to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But now the Gentiles are receiving the righteousness of God through faith as God's grace is coming to them, and now they're provoking them to jealousy. So now if their transgression, the rejection of their own Messiah, is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? And what is their fulfillment from the Word of God? A day that God is going to restore the kingdom back to Israel, that Israel will come under the authority of God through its own Messiah. Now, we see that in the prophets. We see it in Isaiah. You see it in Ezekiel. You see it in Daniel. And I can go on and on as we look at Jeremiah and many other prophets. Tonight I'm going to be teaching on Micah chapter 4 and 5, and we see pictures of it in those chapters as well. But we see their fulfillment. The gospel came to Israel, and from Israel, salvation has come to the world through the Messiah, not through the rabbis, but through the Messiah. But there's a day of fulfillment that is coming to the Jewish people. And this is what Paul is saying. How much more will their fulfillment be if their failure and their transgression brought riches to the Gentiles, to the nations? What will their fulfillment be? The second part of verse 12 is in the future tense. 
how much more will their fulfillment be? And as you said, it's seen in other prophets, this prophecy that they will come back to God. So it's it's mind-boggling that people would think that God is done with them. Yes, and there's theologies within systematic theology when you get into reform-type churches called replacement theology. And replacement theology says that God is through with Israel. They rejected their God through rejecting their Messiah, so God is through with them. So they go back into the prophets and the Old Covenant even the New Covenant, and they spiritualize all of these passages saying this is talking about us today. But there is a fulfillment for the Jewish people, for the nation of Israel, according to the flesh, who rejected their own Messiah. Think again, Ezekiel 36. The prophet prophesies, I'm going to bring back my people that I have scattered among the nations where they have been blaspheming my name among the nations. I'm going to bring them back into this land, and I'm going to redeem them. He's going to redeem them by giving them a new heart, taking the heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh. God says, I'm going to put my spirit within them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Chapter 37 is a picture of that, the valley of dry bones, where he begins to fasten these bones together in this valley, and it represents them coming from all around the world, and they're back in the land, but there's still something missing about this great army that God has put back together. It's missing life, and God's going to breathe in them, and they're truly going to come back to life. And if you go to the end of 37, it talks about how David will be their king. This is messianic. They will have one shepherd, and they will know God, and God will be their God, and they will be his people, and they will never be driven from the land again. And I believe that we're starting to see the fulfillment of them coming back to the land today of what Ezekiel was talking about and what the Valley of Dry Bones in chapter 37 of that prophecy is talking about, but it's still missing something. It's still not alive. It's only when God breathes his spirit within them that they're truly going to come back to God from the heart. God's going to take the heart of stone, give them a heart of flesh, and they're going to be a people that are sensitive to the things of God, and they're going to come to God not through a rabbinical system that does not even exist in their own scriptures, but they're going to come back to God through the one whom was pierced. And that's Zechariah chapter 12. So what is this talking about? Their fulfillment. There is going to be a day that God's salvation is coming back to the nation of Israel, to the Jewish people that rejected their own Messiah. There's going to be a day that God's redemption is coming back to them. And all of those passages are not to be spiritualized about, well, this really is talking about the church. No, it's talking about the Jewish people. It's talking about the nation of Israel. It's talking about their fulfillment and a day that is coming that all of Israel will be saved. And we're going to see that here in chapter 11 as well. Verse 13, But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles, talking to the Roman believers who are Gentile background believers. Remember, all the Jews were kicked out of Rome during the time of Claudius. This is about eight years later. Yes, some Jewish believers have come back into the city. But this congregation community of faith in Rome, are Gentile background believers. And he says, But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles, 
Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify or I'm speaking of my ministry. Paul understood that was the focus of his ministry. He is speaking of and magnifying his ministry that God gave to him. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. Again, this theme of jealousy about the gospel coming to the Gentiles that will provoke them and lead some of them to God's redemption. Verse 15, for if their rejection, again, original intent, if the rejection of the Jewish people of their own Messiah is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? And again, I'm going to bring in the imagery of chapter 37 of Ezekiel's prophecy, because in that, them coming back from the nations is like a resurrection for the Jewish people, and he's bringing them back in order to redeem them from the inside out. Paul understands this, and he uses the same terminology that Ezekiel the prophet uses in his prophecies. So he says, for if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. Now I want to talk about this because what is the first piece of dough? When we look contextually here, we see that the righteous shall live by faith. And this has always been an issue of God's grace through faith as we're coming through this letter. So we see the faith of Abraham, the faith of Isaac, the faith of Jacob, whose name is changed to Israel. The faith of the Israelites within the land of Egypt, brought out of Egypt by God's great power. The law given to the people of faith. And they are to come in into the land to keep the law so that they can be a light to the nations. However, they never keep the law at any time from any extended period of time from the heart. In fact, God says to Moses before they come into the land, they will not keep my law and I'll scatter them among the nations. He knows that before they even come into the land. They come into the land and as a nation, as a people group from the heart, they never have extended times where they're following God from the heart, immediately from the book of Joshua and Judges and through the monarchies and through the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah, we see you have sporadic times where there is times of coming back to the Lord, but it's always inspired by a leader. And as soon as that leader is gone, the people go right back to rebellion against God. So what is the first piece of dough? What is the first piece of dough? And what is the root is holy. What held them together was the righteous remnant of the people of faith. That is the remnant today of Israel. This is what Paul is talking about, that there is a remnant today of Jewish people that have received the gospel just like in the time of Elijah. That's at what we have been just been talking about. So what is the root? What is the first piece of dough? It is what represents God that is coming through the Messiah. And as that is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. What is our Hebrew roots? It is the Messiah. It is 
people that have walked through faith, have walked in faith, that have led us to the Messiah, and now the remnant of Israel that have received their own Messiah is taking this glorious gospel to the Gentiles. And if the root is holy, the branches will be as well. So what is your Hebrew roots? It's the Messiah. And I'm saying this because there are some movements that are out there that says, let's get back to our Hebrew roots. And it's talking about everything associated with the Mosaic law. That's not my Hebrew roots. My Hebrew roots and what is the root is Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And through him, I have been grafted into the tree. Not through any other way can I be grafted into this tree. If the root is holy, the branches are too. So I will summarize it in this way. The covenant was established with Abraham by God's grace through faith. It is the people that walked by faith that were a remnant that really kept the nation together, that brought Israel to its Messiah. And the Messiah is the root. And without him, there's not any grafting in of the Gentiles around the world. It's through him that we are the branches. He is the vine. And so when we look at this, it was the remnant of the Jews that took the good news of who Yeshua is. He is the Savior of the world that is now bringing that to the Gentiles. And if the root is holy, the branches will be as well. So let's progress from that thought and see where Paul is leading us here. Verse 17, But if some of the branches were broken off, and you being a wild olive, talking about the Gentiles and their background, some of the branches were broken off, the natural branches, and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. So natural branches were broken off. That's sad. But that brought reconciliation to the world. And we from the nations have now become partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree. This remnant of Jewish people that believed in their Messiah is now taking the gospel to the nations. And we have become partakers with them of the rich root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant towards the branches. This is a very important statement that Paul is saying to the Gentile background believers. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. Do not look back upon the Jewish people and say, well, they rejected their Messiah. Remember, there was a remnant among the Jewish people that laid down their lives to bring the gospel to them. Paul is a Jew. Peter is a Jew. John is a Jew. Jesus is the Jewish Messiah. And so this is the root. And you cannot look at these branches and become arrogant. But if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. And what this is saying to us as Gentile background believers, we all know that we're one in Christ. Praise God for Israel. Praise God for the covenant that was made with Abraham. Thank you, God, for everything that has happened through the Jewish people and the remnant that was faithful to you and the remnant that took the good news and brought it to us. We 
do not support the root, it is the root that supports us. Yeah, and we often thank Jewish people that we meet for bringing us the Messiah, for being a part of God's story and coming to us. And we do that with great humility, which is a wonderful testimony to a people who feel very hated around the world. Yes, thank you, Israel, for bringing us the covenants, the Word of God. Thank you for bringing us the law. Thank you for the prophets that spoke of the day in which we're living in right now. Thank you for the remnant that remained faithful to God. And most of all, thank you, Israel, for bringing God's salvation to the nations through His Messiah, the Savior of the world. And I would encourage any Jewish person that is listening, read Isaiah 53, which is the fourth Hebrew song of four songs of how that the servant laid down his life for Israel, but not just for Israel, it was for the sins of the world. And you see that through those four songs. And that's why John the Baptist, a Jewish man, when he saw Yeshua coming, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Thank you, Israel, for bringing redemption to our lives. Thank you for a new covenant that was promised to you, and that through you, the promises of God to Israel are fulfilled through the Messiah. We love you. We're praying for you. And there is a day of redemption, fulfillment that is coming to you and your people. Verse 19, you will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. They were broken off by the rejection of Israel. Salvation has come to the world. And people say, why did it have to be that way? And I cannot answer that. There is a glimpse of that when Paul is giving his defense before the Jewish people in Jerusalem, and he's sharing his testimony. And as he's sharing his testimony, in the midst of that testimony of how God is now using him to go to the Gentiles, and when he makes that statement, they stop him and say, we have heard enough, this man does not deserve to live. It could be if they had received their own Messiah, they would have never allowed it to come to us. But by their rejection that branches were broken off, we were grafted in. By their rejection, salvation has come to us and redemption has come to us. This was the plan of God. Quite right, verse 20, they were broken off for their unbelief. They did not have faith. They were not walking in faith. But you stand by your faith. We have come to know the righteousness of God through faith in the Messiah of Israel. Do not be conceited, but fear. That does not lead, should not lead to arrogance that says, oh, now we're the people of God. We were wild branches, and now we're grafted into the tree. But you natural branches were broken off, and why would we become arrogant towards them? Think again. It's the remnant of the Jewish people that brought the good news to us. Do not be conceited, but fear. Fear whom? Fear God. It also speaks a little bit to what we had been talking about before this chapter about God's predestination based on foreknowledge, because it wasn't random. He didn't say, okay, you will be cut off, you will be accepted. It was because of their unbelief. So it it speaks to choice as well. Very much. And we've emphasized that over and over because there are some groups that say that God arbitrarily chooses predestination instead of understanding it within its context for whom he foreknew 
he predestined. Look again in chapter 2 as well. Verse 2, God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Predestination is based upon the foreknowledge of God. That does not eliminate choice or free will. Because look at verse 20. He says, quite right, they were broken off for their unbelief. They did not have faith. They did not accept their own Messiah. But you stand by your faith. Do not be conceited, but fear. Verse 21, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. So arrogance and pride go before the fall. And he's warning them, Paul is warning them, do not become arrogant in your own estimation. Because if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you as well. Behold then the kindness and severity of God to those who fail, severity, but to you, God's kindness, if you continue in his kindness Otherwise, you also will be cut off. If you do not walk in faith, if you do not walk in humility before God, and you become wise in your own estimation that he's going to talk about later on, that, yes, you can be cut off just like they were cut off. If you try to pursue a righteousness of man and not the righteousness of God that comes through faith in Christ— then yes, you too will be cut off just like they were cut off. If you don't think that that can happen because you're in a systematic theology that says once saved, always saved, remember the natural branches were cut off by God because of their unbelief, and that is a warning to the wild branches, you better not be arrogant because he will do the same to you as well. And the Bible says that God wills that none would perish, So again, it's not God not wanting people to believe. He gives every opportunity, the prophets, the miracles, the resurrection, every opportunity for people to believe, but then people still harden their hearts and will not believe. And so I just feel like this speaks such a beautiful way. It says the kindness and severity of God. He's kind to save if we have faith, but he cuts off if we don't have faith. Yes, very much. And think about how Israel was blinded. It was not blinded with deception. It was blinded with truth. And the more the truth came to Israel, the more the hardness of the heart became and the blindness came to the Jewish people. Some believed, the remnant believed, but the nation as a whole, under the leadership of the priest and the rabbis, As you look at their leadership, how they rejected their own Messiah and influenced the people, even though he was the fulfillment of everything that the prophets prophesied about the Messiah. They rejected him even though the truth was right in front of them. And everything he did revealed that he was the only one that could fulfill the Messiahship of Israel. Let's continue here. Verse 23, And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. Praise God for that. If they come back to God through faith in the Messiah, they will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut off from what is by nature a wild olive tree and were grafted contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more 
will those who are the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree. How easily it's going to take place when the blindness and the hardening is lifted away from Israel for the natural branches, the Jewish people that has rejected their own Messiah, when they come back to God's word, how easy it's going to be for them to be grafted back into their own tree. And I've got to read verse 25, and we'll pick up next time in expanding from this point on. Verse 25, For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, talking about the Gentile believers, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel. Not a permanent, but a partial hardening has happened to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So there's a partial hardening that has happened until Israel, until the gospel goes out to all the nations, and from every tribe and every people group and every language, you're going to have wild olive branches grafted into the tree through the Messiah who is the root. There is a partial hardening that is taking place. But look at verse 26. And so all Israel will be saved, just as it is written. And it starts quoting from one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, Isaiah 59. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. A promise that that partial hardening is going to be done away with. When the time of the Gentiles comes in, all of Israel is going to be saved. The Israel that rejected their Messiah is going to come back to God through the one whom was pierced. I encourage you to read Zechariah chapter 12, the whole chapter, and then look at chapter 13, verse 1, and you can see the totality of Israel coming back to God through the one whom was pierced. And we praise God for this. This is their fulfillment. This is a promise that is given to the nation of Israel. And it has always been about a promise and a covenant and a faith. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you that the nations have come to know you through your Messiah, through a new covenant that was promised to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And through the remnant of the faithful, they have brought the gospel to the nations. And we say yes to Yeshua, to Jesus the Christ. And we will never be disappointed because your forgiveness flows in his name. And only in his name can we be made right with you. Thank you for the reconciliation of our lives back to you, O God. And God, we pray for the nation of Israel that this partial hardening will be done away with. We're praying for them. God, you have developed them and brought them back as a nation again. After being dispersed and scattered for almost 2,000 years, God, you have brought them back into the land for a day of redemption from the inside out. And God, we pray for this nation and we pray for the Jewish people, God. Bring the good news, the gospel, 
back to this nation. And may the name of Yeshua be precious, the most precious name in the land. And we just pray that they will call upon that name and we know they will never be disappointed. Thank you, God, for your fulfillment to this nation and your promise to this nation. And we give you praise. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to learn more about IGM or have any questions about this podcast, feel free to reach out to us at info at integritygm.com and connect with us on Instagram at integrity underscore global and Facebook at Integrity Global Missions. If you like our podcast, please share it and leave a review. Thank you for listening. Have a blessed day.